All right, it's a wonderful Tuesday afternoon at the tent here on the corner of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Street and 30th here in Indianapolis, Indiana. We are still in the midst of our 30-day tent campaign. Uh, It's been an awesome, awesome, awesome opportunity for us to kind of get out uh, of our buildings and get out of the... uh, um, you know, the the four walls of wherever we are and get out and get to know people in the hood. And so today, uh, this is Pastor G who's sitting down with some of my great friends who I have met since I've been out here. Uh, we've talked on podcasts once before. We're going to do it again uh, today and share a little bit about what our morning has been like. Is that all right? A little bit about what our morning has been like. So brothers, if you don't mind, uh, this is the second time on the podcast. Let's go ahead and introduce ourselves uh, so that people know who uh, who who they're listening to today. Go right ahead. How you doing? My name is Charles Blacknell. I just moved to Indianapolis probably about like a few weeks ago. I'm from Gary, Indiana. I came in contact with Pastor G about two weeks ago, and I'm supporting them in every means. How you doing? My name is Mark, and I've been here for about uh, over a year. I met Pastor G for about over a year, approximately, and uh, just sitting here, been standing and walking and talking since I've been here, and uh, sitting here in the podcast trying to get some things. <laughs> I'm stressing him out. Pastor G's doing like five different things, and I'm stressing stress Mark out. He's looking at me like, okay, what, what you doing, Pastor? I, I'm doing me, man. I'm just doing me. You know, here's what we did today. Um, um, Charles and Mark, um, when they came in this morning, uh, Pastor G got up, and I was just like, you know, let's just, let's just take a walk. Let's just take a walk down the street, and let's, um, you know, let's talk. And so that's what we did. Uh, we got to walking, and we were talking about several things, and I want to kind of share and put on um, this platform <clears throat> a little bit about our conversation as we was walking down the street. Y'all want to start at the beginning, or you want to just get to some hot topics? You want? Okay, we, we start from the beginning. Start from the beginning. Okay. Well, uh, one of the things that we've been running into uh, since we've been here on the corner is addiction, uh, and those who whether they come to the tent or to the epicenter or if we go out and we meet people. Y'all know how we do. We outside. People don't necessarily come in. There's some people, though, that when we go out of the building we run into who clearly are struggling with some type of addiction. Uh, we had a guy, two guys on the side of the building yesterday who were laid out uh, and the, the uh, assumption was they was on this Katie stuff. All right, y'all familiar with this stuff? This is some bad stuff on the street. What'd you okay. say, Spice? Katie. Katie? Yeah, Never Katie. It and it's, uh, evidently this is a drug that is being not only, uh, you know, creating, sort of made up, but they're lacing it with, like, rat poisoning. And so it's some bad stuff. So these dudes was laid out just right over. This was just last night. And so some people came over and they were saying, well, Pastor G, we got some guys over here laid out. We don't know if we should call 911 or whatever. So I went over. Of course, I'm praying. 
uh, praying, but in, in, I'm not just praying. I'm also doing something about it. But this is the kind of environment that we are in. And what we're finding is that people are saying, Pastor G, Charles, Mark, I really want to get past my addiction. I really want to get past this stronghold. But the environment that I'm in, the people that I'm around, right? And you talked a little bit about a solution about safe haven kind of thing. But let's talk a little bit about what do people need to do or what kind of suggestions should we have for people who want to get by it, but their environment is so toxic that it's very difficult to get past their addiction because literally it's where they live. Talk to us. You know, it's crazy to say, but, you know, in in substance abuse, they teach you how to uh, be able to identify your triggers. And sometimes your triggers might be your neighborhood, might be your friends. Yeah. It might be anything. Yeah. You got to be able to identify what your trigger is. A lot of the, a lot of the uh, individuals around their trigger is their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Maybe if they can get away from this environment, that they might be able to wean themselves off drugs, whatever they is on. Mm-hmm. But we spoke about the safe haven place today. And, uh, you know, peer pressure go all the way around. It don't matter how old you is. Right, right. You know what I mean? Peer pressure... It's just out there, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of people is facing a lot of peer pressure every day they wake up because yeah. some of them ain't got no jobs. Some of them, some of them ain't got, don't know how they go pay their next bill. Mm-hmm. So what happened is they, they use drugs as some type of a form of escape to, really. to, to escape. Exactly. Yeah. To escape. And, you know, like I say, you got to be able to identify what your trigger is. But maybe so some people do identify what their trigger is, mm-hmm. but they still need that extra push, which is somebody like us to be able to. Uh, and direct them. Yeah. Yeah. Into what, you know, uh, direction they need to yeah. to take. But odd enough for us to be able to point them to that direction, we ought to be able to help them when they go to towards that direction. Right, right. So we can't just point. We got to help them gotta, get to whatever that is now. Well, we were talking, but we were kind of pointing at some things in this community that we were saying, well, man, if we could get the barrier of entry to that house, that abandoned house, or as you pointed out, that building, what, why can't we, you know, talk, let's talk about that. Because you pointed at the, the, the double eight and you said, like, why can't we, what were you thinking when you were pointing at that double eight? What were you thinking? Well, like I said, like I said, I've been for like over a year and since I've been here, uh, I seen, you know, a situation about this was the stores that they wanted to go to, you know, yeah. now that they took it up and taking uh, control of whatever they're doing. It's like they don't have nowhere, ones don't have nowhere to go to, you know. But you could, oh, you said, what made me point that out is ones could simply turn around and use the upfront right there as mm-hmm. a quote unquote a safe haven or another right. storefront where ones could come to instead of letting it either get demolished or taking over from right. elsewhere. Where, like you say, people in the community, you like you say, you might, like say, for instance, laundry mats or anything in the community, you mm-hmm. know, and help build and help teach or either to bring jobs for once in the community right. and to move forward. And it's about, uh, I know we was walking, I know in the Fox community, you know, it's, it's about communicating. Right, you know, right, only to right, communicate, right. then you have to find some unity. That's gotcha. where you get to community. Like how we sit there and talk to the youngsters that was right, and they tell the same similar, like same similar uh, stories you went through with the balls and all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So you have to get out there. Like you said, instead of waiting for ones coming, you had a good idea to go out and walk and, right. and, and see what's going Like how you had point, pointing out the uh, issues about the grass on the court right, right. and how you 
and quick. Yeah. Call down, it could be the same thing with any other structure or right. foundation. So you're around. so you're basically saying so you're basically juxtaposing or bringing together communication and unity in the community, saying that we need to first of all uh, get out, communicate with one another, and in so doing, that can create the type of unity. But then, in addition to that, what I hear you saying is is that we need a place where we can point people, even as we're communicating. So it's like, don't tell me. Don't tell me to go across town. Tell me where I can go right around the corner. Tell me where I can go right down the street. And I think that's what I felt you really getting to because it's right here. It's in the community. It's vacant. It's blighted. And so, okay, so I don't want to deal with issues so much if I can try to deal with some solutions. And I don't know who's watching and I don't know who's going to see this, but my prayer is that somebody would see what you and I saw and will understand that the politics and the game plan that people are doing with these properties, these private equity firms, these developers, these politicians, right? Some of these folk who are actually doing the underground economy in the neighborhoods and, 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 and whatnot. Let's just be clear. We understand what's going on. It's obvious that there's a reason why these Buildings are bank. These buildings are bank uh, uh, are vacant. Why they're boarded up? Why the bank left and they sold that to a private equity firm? We understand why that happened. But in order for us to get a safe haven, in order for us to get a place where we can provide jobs in the community, in order for us to get a place where that we can respect or that we can put it out to help the community, somebody somewhere is going to have to stop playing games with our community. What, what do I mean? I mean that too many people are using their position to make money pimping our community. That house over there, that house right across the street, vacant, boarded up, been sold for over a decade. That don't have to be that way. Y'all know that. If we had the right code enforcement, we could put more pressure on absentee landlords who all they tell us to do is board it up and cut the grass. They didn't tell us we had to have it occupied. No, 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 no. We can't have boarded up houses in our neighborhood. Why do I have a burned out property down the street? I have a burned out property because it was vacant and a homeless person was squatting in it, had a fire going, lit the place on fire. Now I got a blight that I can't touch because too many people are trying to make money. Here's the deal. I don't know who's watching. I don't know who's going to see this. All right. But we know what's going on. These people are playing games with our community. They're trying to make money and profit off of what we need people to be living in, right? Not renting, but owning, paying a mortgage on. They're playing games with it, and we need it to stop. Why? Because of what you're saying. We need places that people can go in the community to get away from what is causing them to fall back into, into their addiction. See, you know, it's funny because, you know, like when I was coming up, I'm 52 years old. And when I was coming up, we had youth centers. We had summer jobs. I've been working since like I was like probably 16 years old. And I'm 52 years old as we speak. We, I had summer jobs. Every year I have had a job. But what I'm getting at, like when I was coming up, we had that places to go. Recreation programs. Uh, you know, they feared us. Play basketball, football, whatever, baseball all day, every day. And you know, 
like now, you know, time have changed, but I'm looking at the whole perspective now, Pastor. It's going to take the community exactly. to come together to be able to pull this off. Exactly. You know, we can't do nothing but suggest. Right. That's all we can do. Right, right. But we can lead the forefront to get some believers to come out and see what we're really trying to do. Exactly. You know, like we just talking about that, what's that place, Super 8? Yeah. yeah. And that's, I, you know what, that's my first time ever seeing that building was today. Many times I don't roll past here. Uh-huh. Now, that is a good building to be able to have. Because set up computer rooms, set up interview rooms. You know, it's a lot of things that you can set up I in that building. Though, I wonder, though, if the barriers and the challenges that we would have in order, you know, to achieve that have more, the barriers I'm talking about, have more to do with the people who are saying, that's not what I want for that corner. So, okay, we're going to let y'all struggle to get that, to make that happen. But the reality is, we're not going to let it get sold. We ain't going to let you actually do nothing with it. You ain't going to be able to build nothing on it. You ain't going to be able to develop it. You ain't going to be able to do what you really want to do on it because until I, as a politician or as a developer or as somebody that's advocating gentrification, which is we want the the minorities and the poor people out of here, we're going to let you only do so much until we ready. And when we ready, we're going to come in, scoop it up. And everything that you just talked about is going to go by the wayside because somebody really don't want it. They want it only so, you know, they want it. Okay, okay, here's some computers. Right, okay, here's some paint. All right, but just know this is only going to last until we ready to take it over. But we got to make sure once we lay in, bring that about, that it's going to be a firm foundation That's from we here on out. That's what we got to do. Because, you know, like, like I said, I'm from Gary, Indiana, and I'm not going to sit up here and lie. I look at Indianapolis. Y'all think y'all got problems with Barron and House? Y'all ain't got no problems. Right, right. Woo! Yeah, Lake Y'all County do not it. have no problems when it comes to Barron and Houses. Let me tell you, <laughs> from where I'm from, it's probably 23 Barron and Houses on every block. Right, 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 right. You got a neighbor on one corner, then you got one in the middle, then you got one on the end. And in between is vacant houses, burnt up houses, boarded up houses, no boarded out houses, Uh and weeds everywhere. So we have potential. So, yes, it's very good potentials around it. Right. Very. We just need the people to come together and get behind whatever solutions they want for the community. That's right. And we keep hearing that's we need right. stuff for you. We keep hearing we need something for these addictions. We keep hearing we need you know what we need, and it's, it's time for us to come together and say, okay, if it's what we need, let's go make it happen. You know, it's funny. Next time I go back to Gary, I'm gonna try to do a little two hour documentary through the whole city. Then I'm gonna bring it back and get handed to you and yeah. let you go on here and put it on Facebook Live and show where's that's hope here. Yeah, that's, that's what's up. It's hope here. That's what's up. You got places where ain't no hope. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I look at a lot of history channels. I was looking at Gary where 50 years from now, they show ghost towns. You know, Gary Indiana is one of the ghost towns of USA. Wow. Flint, Michigan, too. But it's real funny. 50 years from now, Gary still looked the same. Mm. Now, how that happened? Mm. It still looked the same 50 years ago. When, once they did their geographical thing, you know, so Gary, from the next five decades, mm-hmm. it still looked the same. Wow. There's no hope. You got hope here. Yeah. 
Now, for those who are watching from Gary, from Lake County, you know, we're going to still keep praying, all right, because we believe that, it's, it's, that's, that's some, that there is something possible, even in a place like Gary. But certainly the point is well taken. I've been to Gary before. I've been to Lake County before, and I've seen exactly what you're talking about. We have potential. We have potential to really do some great things, provided the folk come together. Let me clarify, son. Don't get me wrong. I love my city. <laughs> I love you, Gary. Rep, Gary I love you. Rep, for real. Rep, I'm 219 to the fullest. But politics and tore it up. Yeah. And the people from Gary already know that. You know, we had one of the promising cities in this country at one time, what they call the chocolate city. Yeah, yeah. You know, now population probably ain't even 50,000. Yeah. Because everybody leaving. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. I, you know, I, I, I pray that we can get it right in Gary, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I want to be a part of that. But right now, I'm down, I'm staying down and up. And I'm, I'm trying to support, I'm going to support Pastor G. Yeah. You know, everybody got a cause in life. And I think this is my cause right now. Because I've been bouncing back and forth around in a lot of spots. But right now, for to make this my home. Let's talk a little bit about, because uh, what we're really doing is trying to create an example that people can follow to get some things done. Whether that be the double eight. Whether that be, you know, uh, uh, the safe haven that we've talked about. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the example that we saw where we walked up on this outlot and there was some grass that was cut and right next to it, it was grass that wasn't cut. That looked kind of strange. You know, it's like, why would somebody cut this and not cut that? Then we had to talk about, well, whose responsibility is it for this to be cut? Well, we all know that as you point out, well, just say what you saw in terms of the sidewalk and all that stuff. Well, uh, what's the name of that business down there? Oh, it was an auto, auto repair shop. What's that on, like, on 25th? or 25th and MLK. On, on 25th and Martin Luther King, we was walking past a, a, a tire place that they, you know, uh, fix on cars and whatnot. But the respectable owner. Respectable place. Respectable place. But the owner, you know, came out and cut, his, cut what the city's supposed to be cutting. In front of his property. But it was funny because we walked past there. We seen part cut and part not. And Pastor G like, what's wrong with this picture? Somebody (laughs) didn't do their job. And I'm saying, yeah, they either been lazy or didn't have the right equipment. But to come and find out, the guy who property, I mean, the guy who owned the business in front of the uh, where we were standing at, he came out and cut partial of the front, which is part of the city. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's trying to beautify it, I guess, yeah, right? Because it's his, co- his business. So yeah, some things just, ones don't know about it. Has a way. Yeah. And the funny part about it, you know, when you got a a sidewalk and anything towards the street, that's part of the city's mm-hmm. business. Mm-hmm. Anything on the other side of the sidewalk is part of whoever business is is to conduct whatever they need to keep cut or shoveled or whatnot. Right. right. But. You know, it's funny because you didn't pay attention. I don't know. But we walked past where they old church of chicken we was at. Yeah. They had that lot clean, cut, and everything. That was, yeah. No, no. We were talking about that. I saw that. Like, well, who cut this? Yeah. And that's not it. I mean, it's a abandoned business. Abandoned business. But which that's good, though, that they cut it because, like I say, in Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> but he loved Garrett. I love but, you, though. <laughs> I love you. Maybe somebody looking at this podcast and and be like well hey it's time for a change for real bro. yeah 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 but so here's what we did i i, I said teachable moment let's show folk how to get something done 
So what I did was I shot a video of it. I could have took a photo of it. I, I shot a video of the actual intersection, right? I forwarded that to our councilman, Joe Simpson. He sent it to DPW, Department of Public Works. They jumped on top of it, and it's probably cut now, which is what? It's been two hours ago? Yeah, basically about, yeah, about two, two hours. hours ago. So it's probably already cut. And so what I really wanted to help people to see is, is that just because you see something, well, first of all, I wanted to get, get people to see that we need to take time to pay attention to our community. If you drive past it, you never would have seen it. We were screaming at this lady in the car. How many times have you had to scream at her? Hey! Uh, yeah, about a few times. Yeah, before she even looked over because people drive down MLK with blinders on. They don't see to the left and to the right. And we're trying to get people to pay attention to their own community. That's the first thing. We were paying attention. And in paying attention, we saw something that looked kind of like, this don't look right. Made the right phone call, got to the right people, and the right people made phone calls and got it done. It's cut. We're going to go down there in just a minute and see it, take some pictures of it. Uh, and we just wanted people to understand actually how to get something done. Now, that dovetails into the conversation we had the other young man underneath the bus shelter, right? Uh, any, who wants to take that one? Who wants to take that one? Well, basically, uh, you, you actually, you go on and take it and then I finish it off because we'll I used it. to be in a situation like okay, that. So right. you, you, can re, you can represent yeah. my man. All right, so here's the deal. If y'all know Pastor G., you know, I'm going to talk to everybody. So, basically, we saw a young lady, several young ladies, pushing a stroller. And because we got the uh, pregnant now what going on where we're dealing with mothers and babies two and under, I'm like, well, let me run across the street and make sure that she knows about uh, Rowdy Children's Hospital coming in. So, we get across the street. We talk with them a little bit. They're going to invite somebody to the thing. That's good. Well, while we're standing there, there's this other young man sitting in the bus shelter. So, I go over to him. And I'm saying, bruh. You on your, you know, uh, you about to go to uh, go to work? He says, No, no, I'm just trying to get to the other side of town. I said, Oh, you gonna go to work on the other side of town? He's like, No, I'm going over there for a job interview. Oh, so I'm like, Well, who is it with? Work one? What? He's like, No, it's with Goodwill. Cool. I said, Well, if that don't work out, come down to the corner to the tent. Let's, you know, let's talk through it and let's see if we can't find some other opportunities. He says, Oh, wow, y'all helping people with jobs. I'm like, Well. Yeah, but we want to do more than just help people with jobs. And so I said, we have some information down there from a people ready. And so he's like, oh, yeah, 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 I'm familiar with that. And then he goes in to telling me, well, I tried working with them, but this is what happened. They were playing with my money. I'm like, okay, explain. Well, when you would work, if somebody had your paperwork and they lost your paperwork, then then it's your responsibility and you get penalized where you wouldn't get paid for two days while they chase around, you know, and it's not your fault. There are days where they would pay late. You're supposed to get your check. You didn't get your check. You work overtime. You don't get your overtime. So he's sharing all these gaps and I'm saying to him, well, bro, if this was happening, what you really needed was somebody who could help you advocate to make sure that they did what they were supposed to do because that's not your fault that somebody else lost the paperwork. And so then my man, then you stepped up and said, hey, I understand where you are because this was my experience, which I believe helped him to understand that he not only wasn't by himself, but there also were some things that he could do. 
Talk talk about it. Yeah, basically what he was saying that, you know, like a lot of them places, a lot of them agencies, you can get paid daily or you can set your account up however you want, you chose to get paid. But a lot of people, when they work for them agencies, they rather get paid to, after they leave work. So what take place is if I'm working for Pastor G for eight hours, Pastor G got to sign off. My hours that I worked for I today. Know. Give it to you. So he got to give it to me. Now I got to take it back to the place right. and turn it in before they can put my money on my card. Right, right. But what took place with the young man was he was uh, speaking about whoever the supervisor was. Go that way. Uh, kept telling him, you can't keep on working overtime because you're messing up. You, she, my he, bonus. Messing with her bonus. And which that ain't right because he working – if a company want to keep him an extra four hours and pay him for that extra four hours, that means he earned them extra four hours. Right. That's, he worked for them extra four hours. Right. But, you know, a lot of the companies that you have individuals, you know, running them type of places, yep. That, yep. Do, that does that. They're really taking advantage of people because they know they can. And I think what we have to get to a, we have to, get to a place where we understand that, 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 like my man said, when I'm calling you about my check, I'm not calling you about giving me an advance. I'm calling you about what belongs to me. I've already worked for that, if that makes sense. I've already worked for it, so where's my money? And I think that people do things to other people so long as they don't think you're going to say anything about it. You're going to do anything about it. But we, you know, we talked about it. like, well, we, you know, y'all come up in here uh, on Thursday when our attorney is here, Pam. Pamela Grant Taylor, attorney, when she's up in here, and let's get some attorneys on call to represent our people. Yeah, you get to acting funny, you're gonna get a letter. You don't, you ignore the letter, you're gonna get a phone call. If you ignore the phone call, you're gonna get a document that you gotta respond to that says you cannot treat people like this. And I think folk need to know that they've got someone that will advocate for them in that way. And, you know, that takes place not only there in a lot of workplaces. I worked in a lot of workplaces where you got a lack of communication. Yeah. You know, sure. and when you speak about individuals talking about you go mess up my bonus, your bonus ain't got nothing to do with what I work for. What I work for. Yeah. So, therefore, if you know, whatever overtime I, 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 I made, that's what I earned. Yeah. You know, and it's real crazy about this woman telling this man that, you know, you messing with my bonus. You know, but see, a lot of people is blind to a lot of things. They don't know how to go by the right way, you know, going through the chain of command right. to be able to get let it be want. known, get what they want, or let it be known, hey, is this right or is this wrong? Right, right. And, and I guess what you're saying is a lot of people don't know their rights as at workers. All, at all. They so don't. They don't know their rights as workers. And, and you know, I'm not sure. We don't have a representative for the uh, civil uh, Indiana Civil Rights Commission scheduled to come down. We may need to call over there. We've got a new executive director over there right now, and they are the ones that actually you can call when somebody does you wrong. But, you and, know, and, it's and funny. Got a staff inter- it's that will it's funny because you get hired into a lot of these uh, places that they're not going to tell you what your rights is anyway. No, no. They don't at want all. you to know them. You know, at all. So, therefore, you be up against whatever. And that's why you got to know your rights. You got to know your rights, even with regard to. I'm thinking about the Civil Rights Commission right now. They have seven areas that that they advocate on behalf of the public. 
These are all what's called uh, uh, these seven areas. Let me give you an example. Housing discrimination, right? Uh, so if I go to rent a house and it's got a hole in the ceiling, I got a right to demand that the homeowner puts me into someplace else while they fix that hole in the roof, right? You cannot discriminate people based on a protected class. So you can't discriminate against me because I'm African-American, which is a protected class. Y'all get that idea. There's other things, workers' rights and things like that, that they advocate for people for. And folks simply need to know their rights. You can't expect the employer to tell you what you're supposed to have. You got to know what you got when you go in the door so that when they violate it, you remind them. Now, that's going to make you unpopular. You found that out. Right? Yes. People don't want folk around, these employers who want to take advantage of people, they don't want people around who are going to know their rights and advocate because folk want to treat you. They want to get away with whatever they can get away with. That's pretty much with anything, really. If you yeah. have rights or woke up to what's going on, that's basically what As soon as you they, woke, they don't want you. You know, and, and what, would they, what would they do to get rid of you? And it's crazy because see, Indiana uh, right to work state, so therefore... You know, when it comes to unions or whatever, you's in a, woo, you pickle. in trouble. A pickle. Yes, you, <laughs> in, you are pickle. in trouble. You're in trouble. Because, see, now, you know, a lot of these places you go to, it doesn't have a union to yeah. back you up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so this is kind of, you know, these are some things. Again, we just walking down the street, y'all. This is us just walking down the street. And some of the things that we saw, we talked about, we pointed out as we were walking down just one street. We spent probably an hour and a half walking, and these are some of the things that we saw while we were there. Again, we talked to somebody about, uh, you know, again, advocating for the employment piece with, with People Ready. I don't have no problem calling People Ready. I don't have no problem representing. You know, the, on, the only thing I do have is making sure that people are telling the truth. Just be honest. You know what I'm saying? I think there's enough blame to go around for everybody. But if we're going to stop some stuff, people can't keep you know, going through stuff and not saying nothing. Yeah, because, you know, signs and symbols for the conscious mind. I told you before with my situation, I got fired like 10 years ago at this company I was working for, and they straight out lied. But the funny thing about it, I used my wits to call the company the next day and ask them. I played like I was my own attorney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, asked okay. him what was the reason why you fired this man. Yeah. And to come to find out, he said, man, I ain't got nothing to do with that guy firing. I don't know nothing about it. Yeah. It was right, just my right. company didn't want me there, and they lied. Yeah. And I went to Human Resources, and we took care of the problem. I believe I got somebody who's either watching on Facebook or listening to the podcast right now who can acknowledge that they uh, are at a, have been at a company or have been on a job where when people don't want you there, they will find ways to try to push you out. And I don't think I'm remiss by saying that for minorities, it's even more of a problem being pushed out when people just don't want you there. Mm. You don't, quote unquote, fit into the culture. You don't fit, if that makes sense. And so we need to know our rights as workers. We need to know what we can do. We need to know what they can and cannot do so that we can get what we need. Because at the bottom, at the end of the day, if I got an open mouth that needs to be fed, I need to fill that mouth with some food, bottom line. And as a responsible adult, if that's my role, I cannot allow somebody to get in the way of me putting food in that mouth. And a lot of us need to understand a closed mouth ain't going to get fed. No, no. 
Now you took that right out of my mouth. Right. <laughs> people don't know. People don't know the inside. That's an inside joke. Yeah. yeah. That's an inside joke. But they be saying way though, like for instance, about two weeks or maybe longer, I was walking up to a library up the street, Martin Luther King, and I seen them youngsters out there really uh, getting their library to propping and stuff together. Yeah. Now come back within a week or a week and a half, I seen them really beautiful. I see how they're doing on the yard. I mean, if it takes them youngsters, you know, to do that yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Man, come on, man. You talking about Flanner House? Yeah. yeah. I mean, just imagine the ones put their head with, with yeah. adults or ones they're supposed to look up and respect. Yeah. Supposed to be on the same level. If you got yeah. some youngsters out there, that, that really, you know how it was. He don't know, you know how it was looking right, before beforehand. they started. Yeah. You go over there and see that now, man. They're yeah. really, really doing it. You got people like that that's really off it too. You grab a hold of them because they care much about them. They put in work. Yeah. Then they ask for yeah. free handout. They actually put in work and like what they're doing. Right. You grab a hold of them type of individuals and move on forward. From what you're talking real. about, so people know, Flanner House has put out like a garden a walking area, or, or it's a—I believe it's one of the African symbols uh, that they actually have out on the ground. It's got flowers, it's got pebbles, it's got uh, uh, bricks and grass. Nice. It's really, really nice, and it appeared as though the young people were cleaning up. Uh, several young people; it had to be a couple dozen yeah. cleaning up, working in the garden. And I commend Brandon Cosby for the vision, first of all, and the work that has been put in to make that happen. Go ahead. Yes. Well, well, let me say this, and the point you were making is is that we need that to transfer from our young people to some of our adults to say, talk. yeah, right. we all need to take part yeah. in that. Go ahead. Yeah, it was very beautiful because I liked the little la- the landscape that they possessed it. You know, he was telling me, my cousin was telling me a couple of weeks ago it wasn't looking like that. So they put a lot of work in between a couple of weeks ago and to today. But them kids, you know, you give them something to do and be constructive about it, right. they'll love it. We just had a young man came in today who was sitting up. You saw me, who was sitting up. He wasn't doing that, just sitting here. And what did I say? I said, well, you know, what do you like doing? What do you want to do? He said, I want to, I want to draw. And then we were able to give him something to not only occupy his time, but to get him something to express himself. He was able, to, even though he had lines, he was able to choose his colors. You know what I mean? He was able to create something that he could say, put his name at the bottom and say, I did that. And that's what putting in work means. When you put in work, right? What you get in return, you can say, I did that. I earned that. I created that. I cut that. I designed that. I colored that. That is my work. And that's all we're really trying to say to people on this corner is to stop asking other people to do stuff for you when you can do it for yourself. And as you're doing it, don't let nobody get in the way of you you and what you can create. Yeah, because, see, they got to get past that point. Lost for hope. You know, a lot of people is lost for hope. Yeah. You know, ain't got to get past that yeah, point. Yeah, got to get past it. And I call it, uh, I ran into a good friend of mine. He just passed away. Got hit by a car. Hit and run. Uh, some of y'all know him, Brian Harris. I'll never forget this that Brian Harris told me. Uh, he says, uh, we were doing this session over at a place called Recycle Force. Awesome company. He was doing, he, we were doing this workshop, and we got to talking about what, we term the F it quotient. The F it quotient. The F it quotient is that point that you could arrive at where you are so frustrated, you are so angry, you are so outdone, you are so over the top with something that you no longer care about what you do next. So everything is F it. 
Hey, don't get me wrong. I've been in that situation. I don't know how many times. Yeah. You know, I mean, resumes, res, how many resumes I done put out and how many emails I done got back saying, thank you for submitting your resume. Your you, qualifications are great. But right now, you know, you know it, it's funny. I shared this with you. You know, I worked at Four Lake County uh, Work Release Center for like four years. I was a supervisor there. And my job title was I was part of the what you call outreach program, which we went out and I took. Anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 guys out daily and spreading them all out through Gary, you know, the, the, the surrounding areas and had them working with different individuals, you know, like the city of Gary, uh, public works, yeah. you know, all, all them agencies around the city to help them because they didn't have the manpower right. to be able to get keep up done. or get this stuff done. But it's real funny because... I did this for like four years, and I ended up leaving like 2015, and I moved to Minnesota. But it's very funny. I come back, moved back to Gary, and couldn't find a job nowhere in the city in 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 in, in the city at all. That's frustrating. And that's, that was real. I was frustrated because the reason why I was frustrated is because I used to get calls Saturday mornings. Sunday mornings, hey, you think you can get a group of guys for me? Mm-hmm. I'm off. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it because, you know, y'all trying to clean up the community, clean up the city. So I take it upon myself to go to my job, get guys out on my off day when I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. To be able to bring guys out and help y'all on y'all overtime mm-hmm. for you can get stuff done around the city. But it's very funny. All the individuals who was in charge of a lot of the um, – Different departments. I come back to Gary last year in May. Tried to find a job in between a lot of them departments. And what did I get? A swift kick in the butt. Oh, we ain't hired. But I look around a week later, you hire one of your cousins. Or hire one of your friends. Or one of your nieces and nephews. And don't get me wrong, I was very, very frustrated. Yeah. And that, and that can put you in a place. I think what I really hear you saying is, is that there's a lot of people who are trying. That's right. A lot of people who, you know, you know, I, I remember the point where I had gotten so low because I had received so many rejection emails. And, I, and for me, I'm thinking, I got a master's degree. I, I'm taught on the college level, you know. But none of that matters. So you get to a point where even me, I got so low that I had reached that point. And I had to quicken myself. I'm talking about a pastor. And I think people don't understand this, that everyone has a point. In their life. Where when, not, not just when you're doing something, but when you're trying hard. When, you, when you're trying to put things together. And what we have to be able to do is we have to be able to be there for people who reach that place to talk them off of the edge of jumping. Right? Because I was on the edge of jumping. Somebody's on the edge of just pulling out a gun and running down saying, well, I tried it the right way. It didn't seem like it worked out. So let me go do this because I know this will work. And, you know, it's very funny because we on this topic. You remember the guy at the bus station made a statement. Mm-hmm. 
You know, he made that same statement. I was thinking about that. You know what I mean? I'm on the verge. Yep. You know? It's crazy because I understand it. And, yep. And by ones understanding that, a brother, like the dinner ones you need to try to exactly. show they won't. Exactly. You know, just hearing about it and just, you know, but and they ain't doing no good. You got to have a remedy or let no ones out here to understand what, like you said, you mm-hmm. said, and a lot of others out here to understand. Something. Especially as black man. You know, yeah. you got to grab a hold of one. Even that brother say he'll fall. Yep. So. He's got four kids. Four children. So at the same time, being there, you been there, been there. So question is. Supposed to grab a whole brother like yes. that, you know, and show him what even we create our own workplace. Opportunity. Well, well, actually, he extended a hand, told the brother to come down. It'd be up to that brother to come down. And that's the bottom line. You know, because all, all you can do is extend that hand. Yep. I extended that hand. That means, come on, I'm, 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 I'm welcoming you with open arms. Now, if you chose to come down here, okay, then I'm going to help you in every means that I can. Yep. But if you don't, what can I do? You know, you, we can r- walk around the whole community and talk to everybody about their problems. We only can give suggestions. They got to make the steps. They got to make the steps. Yep. Yep. They got to make the steps. And let's see what happens. Now, having said that, we've had a lot of people step up in here, and y'all seen them. We've had a lot of people step up in here that, that, that I think all of us would agree is giving us some headway. You know, we've got some people that, that we've given them – uh, sort of a, a, a list of things to do. Some need to get the uh, state-issued ID. Some need to get their, their uh, birth certificates. Some need to get, you know, before they get their GED, some need to get their GED. We have one guy that needs to get his high school equivalency diploma because he wants to be a barber. So we call a barber school. The barber school says as soon as he gets that, let's get him in. As soon as he gets that barber certificate, we got chairs waiting on him. But it's a process. And until they take that one step, in that journey, along that journey, we could talk all day long. We could suggest all day long. Until they take those steps, they're going to stay where they are, frustrated and hitting the effort quotient. So, because clearly for me, if I had stayed where my mind was, I wouldn't be able to do the things that I'm doing right now. So and I had to take some steps to change my, and my not, own situation. Not only that, though, you know, like, I'm just visualizing. If the, we had the ground zero... Available, which this part of Ground Zero, what we see in the epicenter, you know, people just need to come down and see what we got to offer. Right. That's the bottom line. That's the, just the bottom line. That's the bottom line. You'll never know till you find out. Yep. And you got to take that step to come see. So uh, we're, we're done. We're going to conclude this. I just wanted to share what we had experienced in our walk. Uh, I think many of y'all have heard and understand kind of where we are with this whole piece in terms of wanting to invite as many people as possible to come down here, uh, sit with our intake folk. There's three of them sitting over there right now, smiling at me, uh, waiting on somebody to walk in. Sister Jenkins, ah, Sister Sarah Richmond, yeah. Sister Little Law, they sitting over there right now waiting on people to come in, right? That's what we're here for. So, and I'm going to steal it from you. Closed mouth don't get fed. <laughs> Closed mouth don't get fed. Don't be sitting up there complaining and then not doing something about it if we over here ready to help. All right? All right, Brother Charles, Brother Mark, Brother Jordan, my man over there engineering, Brother Steve, uh, helping us out. Hopefully y'all hearing some music in the background. I don't know if you are or not. Jordan said he's working on the music in the background. He said he gave me the thumbs up, so praise God. We're going we're gonna to clock out. 
And again, send somebody down to the to the epicenter if you know they need some support tonight. Pregnant now what? Five to seven. Baby boot camp for new dads. Tonight, come on out. God bless y'all. Peace.